Hi, welcome to the Read Play Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Paris. And I'm Jack Love, your other host. This podcast is a resource for all things Read Play Talk. We hope that our listeners will be encouraged to read, play, and talk with their children every day. In this episode, we are talking with Jean Pricer, who is the pre-K facilitator for Mesquite ISD. We'll talk with her about ways that parents can help prepare their child for school and how they can help their child succeed during the school year. Awesome. Ready to get started. Yeah, I'm excited to have Jean on. She's amazing. So welcome, Jean. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get too far into the program? Awesome. Well, first of all, I would like to thank you guys for inviting me on to this podcast. Um, I've heard a few episodes and I, um, I really believe in the work that you guys are doing. One of the three. (laughs) <laughs> One of the three people that believe in what we're doing. That's yeah, good. That's <laughs> no. No, that have heard Stop. our podcast. <laughs> no, I am a big supporter of the Read Play Talk initiative ever since it started here in Mesquite. And um, I believe in the power of reading and playing and talking with your kids. Like you guys mentioned earlier, my name is Jean Pricer. I am a Filipino-American born here in Dallas, Texas, and raised right down the road in Garland. I have a 13-year-old son and an 8-year-old daughter who keep me busy with sports schedules and other school activities. What else do you guys want to know? How long ago did you take this role in the district? This role as pre-K facilitator was created three years ago, so um, I am the first one to have the honor of having this role. But prior to that, I taught at Florence Elementary for 12 years, and um, I took an instructional coach role at Augsburg Elementary for three years, and then that brings me here to the present. Wow, that's a lot of experience in this. So that's all been in Mesquite, right? Yes, sir. Um, nice. I've been here in Mesquite for 18 years, or this is my 18th year. Wow. That's amazing. So when you taught at Florence, were you teaching like the younger grades? I was a bilingual teacher in pre-K, kinder, first, second, and fourth grade. Okay, so yeah, all like (laughs) all the littles and then fourth grade thrown in there too. Yes, I realized (laughs) that I enjoyed the littles after I taught that one year of fourth grade, and then um, I stayed. I stayed in the primary grades after that. Did you have a favorite grade that you taught? It was pre-K. Pre-K, yeah. Yes, I would go home so exhausted. But it was the most rewarding years of my teaching career. I just love. That's where my passion lies, is with early childhood. Yes. Well, and I feel when they're at that age, you see so much growth within them, especially from where they start at the beginning of the year to where they end up, because they're just little sponges, and they learn so much during that pre-K year. Yes, and that's exactly why that's what I love teaching. They come to you pretty much like empty slates, blank slates. And then they leave you knowing so much, and it, it's it's just a great year of progress and growth that you see, and like sometimes it's just amazing. Yes, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. I still remember my boys first. They would come home like we thought they were balls of energy, but then they went to school and they come home. They were just exhausted, right? Just like the, the, you know, until they got used to it. But it was just really, they used all their yeah, energy at school. Yeah. They had no more. Like, can we keep that up? Can well, we yeah, exactly. Keep those keep those pre K teachers in mind because they go home just as exhausted. Uh, I, I can yeah. imagine <laughs> absolutely. Like 12 to 14 times more, probably. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Jean, so we, we've talked about this before, but I think a lot of parents just think, you know, I've got to just keep my kids alive until I send them to school. And then the schools, the teachers will be in charge of educating them and getting them the information that they need. But there's a lot that parents could and should do even before their child's first day of school, whether that's a pre-K or kindergarten child. So can you maybe talk us through some things that parents of younger kids can do and what they can do to help prepare them for school? Definitely. So let me give you a background as to why I'm so passionate about early childhood. 
rewind about 13 years. When my first child was born, uh, we found out very early that he had a hearing loss. Being new parents, we were new to everything. Like we, we didn't know how to raise a child. We didn't know what we were doing, uh, let alone raise a child with a hearing loss. So lucky for us at the hospital, we were connected with a great support in early childhood intervention, which is, called, which is ECI. Mm-hmm. So here's my ECI plug. If I'm allowed to do no, this, do but. it <laughs> all day long. So, if you have any developmental concerns regarding your child aged birth to three, contact your local ECI program to see if your child will qualify and to get you connected with any kind of support that's available out there. Okay, commercial over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, while this brought to you by <laughs> while receiving these services, our early childhood. Um, or early intervention specialist, served as our advocate at like doctor's offices. She was uh, teaching us all things dealing with auditory impairment. And when it came time, she supported us through the whole public school transition. So we're very thankful for that teacher we had. And we were lucky to have her all through all three years of my son's early childhood. So she taught us all about the ear because his hearing was failing. And um, since we were unsure about the severity of his hearing loss, She taught us about things that we could do to ensure that our kid would have those tools to communicate. So now this is where the magic began. We learned about filling his environment with language. So reading all kinds of books to him, talking to him about everything, identifying objects, describing things, just filling his brain with words so that he was able to make the connections to the physical items and their names. So pretty much just giving him all that vocabulary because there is some research out there that says, you know, children of poverty, sometimes they come to school knowing 30 million words less than Yeah, than we talk about that all the time. Students. It's an amazing statistic. It's yes. insane how big it's, that number is. Yes, it's the big word gap. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. So we did this at home. We filled his um, environment with language, literacy, everything at home, at the, at the grocery store, um, at his grandparents' houses, in the car, everywhere we went, you know, anywhere. We were just talking constantly. People would probably think that we were weirdos, but, <laughs> Actually, you know. right now, I feel like you're a plant for Dr. Runeland, but, but continue. Exactly, right. <laughs> Superstar. We also learned to sign things together because, like I said, we weren't sure. He wasn't able to tell us, you know. I can't hear that. Mm. So, you know, we learned to sign things together, giving him a visual and the, the verbal, the words to describe things. So doing that from the time he was two months old to the time he was three years old, he became a very verbal child. Mm. And um, now he's in eighth grade, doing well in school. And we can't thank that teacher enough for all the, the background knowledge and everything that she taught us. Yeah. But... That's just like what you were saying. Parents, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Just talk to your kids. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you might feel like a weirdo just like, you know, describing everything. And it might feel unnatural. But I swear, as long as you do it all the time and you stick to that routine, it's going to become natural. And you just talking things through or, you know, just talking to your kid, mm-hmm. that's a big part of them absorbing all that language. Yeah, no, I think that's so good. And I'm glad you touched on um, the importance of parents identifying and describing objects. 
Because I think that's something as adults we take for granted, where we just assume because we know this information and because we know the vocabulary, we just assume our kids know it too, because like, oh, they've seen it, they've been around it. But it is so important teaching those new vocabulary words, new concepts, just through talking. You know, we do that program, Lena Start, which is Mm -hmm. all about teaching parents how to enhance and increase the language environment in their home. And that's such an important thing that I think parents just miss on how valuable and how necessary that is for their child's success in education. And it could be anything simple as like, oh, go pick up that red ball in the corner of the room. Yes. Like, you know, just like you were saying, identifying those, just describing things, mm-hmm. identifying items, like that just builds their vocabulary. And, and they have to start somewhere. So nothing is simple. Uh, you yeah. got to start somewhere, right? Yes. I tell parents all the time when we do our Lena Start parent education classes, I'll tell them, I'm like, you're going to feel like you're narrating your life. Like you're just (laughs) like there's a narrator just following you around telling you what you're doing. But that is so important and so beneficial for your child. I'm like, it's going to feel silly and unnatural at first. But just like anything, the more you practice it and the more it becomes a part of your routine, the more natural it will feel. Did you read my notes before I uh, got here? Like, (laughs) that's just exactly what I I had written here. Like you said, it's going to be unnatural at first just because you don't walk around going, Mm -hmm. open the car door, okay, sit in the car, the the seat, close the car door. You don't do that. But, I mean... Oh, I think the older you get, you do it. <laughs> just as a reminder of just, what all you're supposed to do. Just remind yourself. Yeah. Just kind of the cycle it. of life. It's yeah, just, it, it's coming going. back. So you do it when your kids are young. <laughs> yeah. And then, That's yeah, right. no, but, but like you said, it's just like you're narrating your day. Yeah. And, and as you do that, your kids are picking up. They're like sponges, like we said earlier. Yes. They're like sponges just absorbing all that language. So it's such good information. So we're talking about pre-K kids and things, and, and you went through a lot of stuff to do, like, you know, talking and reading. And, but what are some other things for parents who have kids that are in school full time? You know, what are, what are examples that they can do to continue their child's learning and support, you know, the learning process that's going on at school? Right. Along the same lines as what we were just talking about with what you do with the littles, do it with the bigs, too. You mm-hmm. know, talk to them. Research shows that parent involvement significantly influences a student's academic achievement. So mm-hmm. the more you're involved in what your kid is doing, like the better off they're going to be in the long run. So talk to them about what they do at school. Don't just ask them, how was school today? Because if they're anything like my 13-year-old, all you're going to get is good. Yeah, okay. those one-word answers. Yeah, one-word <laughs> answers. On, what else? Maybe yeah. a shoulder shrug, you know, and an eye roll. You might you oh. might get that too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, rephrase your questions so that they elicit more of a thought-out response more than a yes or no or a mm-hmm. one-word answer. I was talking to someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. So if you're out there listening. <laughs> don't any, be offended. <laughs> yeah, don't be offended, and thanks for the story. I was talking to her about school conversations at the end of the day with her daughter. She was tired of the usual, you know, like I get, how was, how was your day? Good conversation, if we can call that a conversation. Right. So she told her kid that she had to come home every day with three facts hmm. about the day. So she had to share her three facts at the end of the day when she got home. I can't remember exactly what those facts were, but they were along the lines of, well, Susie had on a red shirt. Yeah. It's a, it's a fact. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> My teacher got a haircut. And I ate chicken nuggets for lunch. Uh-huh. Okay, so, you know, she, she got the fact part right, but 
you know, that doesn't provide us much with any kind of insight as to what they were learning. But I'm pretty sure if you continue this routine, one of those three facts, one of these days is going to turn into a, oh my goodness, in math, we were talking about fractions Mm -hmm. and my teacher used a pizza as, as an example or something like that, you know? So that, that just basic idea of having a conversation and talking to your kid yeah. about yeah. Just, just talking. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. And even if you do get those three answers that you just gave, you know, the, <laughs> the, at least you have something to talk about. Work like, off of that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and my guess is, is they will be tired of talking about T-shirts sure. and pizza for lunch, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it'll build, like you said, I think. Yeah. yeah, just so so keep the faith and, you know, just keep keep at it. Keep having those conversations. Mm-hmm. You'll get something one of these days, something, you know, content worthy right. one of these days. So another thing that you can do is um, to sit with them while they're doing their homework. If they don't need your help, because obviously if they need your help, help them. But if they don't need your help, have them explain what they are doing, because that's a really good way to know if they're really grasping a concept. If they can teach somebody else, how are you adding those? How are you combining those two groups? How are you, you know, mm-hmm. doing this math concept? If they can explain it back to you, they're really getting what they are learning. Of course, you're so another you're it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I wouldn't know. Like, yep, okay. Yeah, I know. Especially with my, like I said, my son's in eighth grade and some of his math concepts these days. It's I'm insane. Like, like, it's I'm just taking your word for it. Yeah, I don't let know. me go look that up in Khan Academy. I'll be, I'll uh-huh. be right back. But yeah, so even though your child may be a little older also, read to them. That's yes. another big one. And it doesn't even have to be a book. If they're able to, you know, Take turns reading. I mean, it could be a chapter book, of course, or a picture. Everybody loves a good picture book. Mm-hmm. But you can read things like nonfiction books, cookbooks, articles. Have them read the closed caption while you're watching the news one day or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, just read with them because, you know, that gives them practice. And then, like you were saying earlier, it'll spark that conversation about what it is they're actually reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. You know, we always hear the, the expression that practice makes perfect. And can't remember what I was doing the other day. I think I was on the Peloton or something. And one of the instructors was like, practice doesn't make perfect. Mm. Practice makes possible. That makes a lot more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you keep practicing, it becomes more and more possible that you can get bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better and better. So yeah. I've been trying to get practice makes perfect out of my, yeah. my thing. I think oftentimes when people hear that phrase, they're intimidated by do the I have idea to be perfect. Of perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. Practice makes possible. That's a good one. I'm glad that you emphasize the importance of reading to your kids. I know you've probably seen research on this too, but there are so many benefits to reading to children, even kids who can already read on their own, just doing read-alouds as a family. So even kids in late elementary and middle school who you could easily give them a chapter book and let them read it you know, by themselves in their bed. But when you do it as a family, like there are just so many benefits of those children hearing those words spoken over them. But also, it's not only an educational benefit, but just emotional too, just creating a family bond between those families. I'm glad that you mentioned that. When you read about all those different characters, you're also, you know, kind of jumping into the story there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can put yourself in their shoes and build that empathy. Yeah. And that's a that's a big thing that, you know, we're working on, especially in pre-K. Yeah, that's, that's one of our emotional yes, learning. That's one yeah. of our pre-K guidelines, one of our teaks in pre-K, we can say. But yeah, just building that empathy and that that knowledge and that way of thinking about other people, that's big. Mm-hmm. No, those are all fantastic tips. I liked also when you said sit with your child while they're doing 
their homework. Because I think a lot of parents, just with a lot of activities, you're like, okay, you do that. I'm going to do this over here. You know, we're both staying busy. We're both getting things done. But just sitting next to them, one, I mean, you're learning about what they're learning at school. But also it's just showing your child like you're invested in them, you care, you support, you know, their education, and you want them to succeed and do well. So I think that's a, a great tip for a lot of our parents. I'll be the first to admit, okay, you know, you're teaching kids all day and then you get home and you're helping your kids with your homework. I'm going to yeah. admit that I sometimes I my fuse is a little short at the end of the day, yeah. but that's big. I was sitting at home yesterday with my daughter. She was adding three-digit numbers. Okay. So Big time. Big time, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was a multi-stepped word problem. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so she was adding three-digit numbers, but then she was having to subtract them to find out. I think the problem was this girl bought this amount of books and then this amount in writing utensils, and she gave the lady $500. How much change did she get? She must have been a teacher shopping for school supplies. Exactly. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So she was kind of getting frustrated, and, yeah, her frustration kind of made me a little frustrated, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, let's think about And just like a, a story, make this happen in your mind. Okay, what's happening? So we kind of acted it out, and then I asked her, okay, so making connections to real life, what happens when you get a receipt? And she told me, well, that's how much you put on your credit card, Mom. Okay. It's like, okay, yeah. or what else can yeah. you see on a receipt? She tells me, okay, everything that you spend, how much you give, and then how much you get back. I mm-hmm. said, okay, that's good. So everything that you spend, what goes after that, the subtotal? She was like, oh, I've got to add those things. Because she was just in the mindset of pulling out the numbers in the in the word problem and then just adding all of them together. It's like, no, you got to think about what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. That was a really big tangent. No, I Jean, that was am- you're like making a connection <laughs> with your I daughter. Was, yeah, I was. This great. just happened last night. Yeah. Like, so just sitting with your kid and doing work with them or, you know, helping them think through things, especially when they, they're getting frustrated. That's really helpful to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, taking that interest, like you were saying, in, in what they're doing and what they're learning. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. And by the way, you don't always have to have the answer, right? You just need to encourage them to give their hardest and try, and they'll probably get to the right answer. I think sometimes parents are also worried about having the right answer and doing everything yeah. back to perfect, right? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the right answer. You just have to have the right attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And your attitude will rub off on yeah. theirs, too. Yeah. So, Jean, you've given us a lot of good examples on how to support our kids during the school year. And I know a lot of parents want to support their child's teacher and their child's school in the best way. But, you know, depending on like work schedules and home life, parents' interaction with the school always varies just depending on how much time they have to give. So as a former educator, and I mean, you still work within the district, but what is the best way that parents can support teachers and the school? So there definitely has to be a partnership between parents and and teachers and and the school. So that open line of communication where parents feel free to contact teachers about content, about their child's progress, about school activities. Sometimes schools just have fun family activities to join in on. You know, I always appreciated the parents who reached out to learn how to explain certain concepts or how Hmm. we were explaining certain concepts because You've probably heard this. That's not how I learned it. Oh, man. Right. Yes. So, I mean, 
these days, teachers are trying to give students different ways to think about things. And, you know, it's not always going to be how we learned it. Just stack the numbers and add, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guilty, okay? I've yeah. done that once or twice. But just having that open line of communication between the parents and the teachers, that's big. And teachers, especially now, they're really good about providing links or videos to encourage families to get involved with different things, whether it be with the content or with things that are happening within their classroom, within the classroom environment. So I know in pre-K, we just adopted a new curriculum. And our new materials are offering some great parent engagement strategies. So if you have a pre-K student in Mesquite, be looking forward to um, having these opportunities. Or, you know, we have, I think, Ready Rosie is what it's called. Yes. They share out videos. They're very short videos, but it's just things that you can be doing at home to foster the connection, the home-to-school connection. There's videos, there's games, things to support what your child's teacher is teaching you. So with our new, it's called Three Cheers for Pre-K, with that new curriculum, be looking forward to, you know, your teacher sharing those things out. Awesome. That's great information. That is really good advice. I think another way too, and you, you touched on it too, but I know a lot of teachers will send home like weekly newsletters about like, what's being taught in the classroom and special events coming up if there's like picture day or spirit day. I think a great way parents can support their teacher is just when that information comes to them, like actually read it and be aware of what's going on in the classroom. Because I know like when I taught, I would have so many parents that are like, I didn't know about that. And I would say, I sent like three or four letters home about it, or I've sent text messages or emails. So just doing your best to keep up with the communication that's being sent home from the school too. Definitely. And, you know, why can't that be one of the things you read before going to bed? Yeah, exactly. So my eight-year-old daughter loves to talk. So she will tell me everything. She will she will give me what everybody wore to school that day <laughs> and then some. But, you know, she will tell you all about, you know, what the teacher needs. She needs this, this, and this. Can you provide that? Can you donate that to my class? Right. Like, you know, yeah. I don't need the newsletter. I got I got my <laughs> exactly. But yes, read that newsletter together, put it on the fridge so it's always mm-hmm. in the front of your mind. But yeah. I can tell you from experience, 100% of the time that I've ever reached out to my child's teachers, whether it's my older one or my younger one, I've always gotten back, oh, thank you for asking. Yeah. You know, thank you. Like it's never been, how dare you get into my business and want to learn? You know, it's they always want to hear from you. Yes. Always want to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, because I think that's what every teacher wants. You want parents that are engaged and invested in their child's education. You know, realizing like we're on the same team. This is what we both want for your child to do well yeah. and succeed. So we've talked about the free replay talk parenting classes before on our podcast. And I know MISD is offering those again this year in the fall. But can you give us a little refresher course about the purpose behind the classes and what families can expect if they take them? So I've had the pleasure of teaching a few of those classes, and they are super fun. I love the families that we've met along the way who are there to get their kiddos off to a great start, or, you know, if you want to use the term, get them school ready. (laughs) In these classes, we do just what the name says. We read, we play, and we talk. So parents are provided with a book or some kind of text, and then we give them activities or ideas on how to play with the concepts in the book. And of course, while you're reading and you're playing, there are conversations happening that cover the talking part. 
So the purpose of these classes is to equip our parents with these ideas that they can easily take home and implement with their kids. And when you attend, not only will you go home with all those ideas, but you will go home with some new friends, meet other families, and you get to share ideas and experiences with them too. So it's a win-win everywhere. Those classes are amazing and are turning out like just how I'd hoped them to be. Because like you said, it's it's not only giving parents great resources, great information, but it is building a sense of community between the families that come. Because we do see a lot of like frequent flyers or yes, repeat the regulars. Yeah. <laughs> in those classes. But I mean, and they'll call like after our first class for a semester, we'll have two or three that call immediately the next morning and they're like, sign me up for the rest of them. You know, I because they just see how beneficial and how important those classes are. Y'all provide incredible resources for them well, to take home too. I'm sure it, I mean, you know, being a parent in the class. That's fun, but we have just as much fun planning for those events and like <laughs> buying the supplies to make the little kits to for them to take home. Like I love that. So, yes, I really am thankful that you guys are providing that again this mm-hmm. semester. So, and we'll do a, a plug for those. Those are offered in English and Spanish. We're doing one a month this fall, and you can sign up at www.communityedclasses.org, and we'll get you signed up for our classes. Okay, Jean, last question before we let you go. What is your favorite way to read, play, or talk with your kids? All right. This one, I I, I had to think about this one. I know in class, teachers are guilty of, you know, reading books and asking questions where, you know, that's not always fun, but there's a time and a place where that has to happen. But there's also a time and a place for just reading for enjoyment to happen. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, who's to say you always have to be reading a book? So there's magazines, there's comic books, there's the manuals that come with those complicated toys that your kids are buying. There's a packaging on the toys that you have to (laughs) peel off before your kids can actually play them or play with them. There's brochures, maps, cookbooks, letters, you know, menus, signs. There's all kinds of things that are just rich with literature and vocabulary that you can be reading with your kids. Well, my favorite is... I think I'm building a mini-me in my daughter. I'm not saying it's good or bad. But one of our favorite things to do is look at the sales ads. Okay. Okay. So I think it's on Tuesdays we get, like, coupons in the mail or, or you know, the Target ad or whatever. And around Christmas. Christmas Black, time was the best. Black Friday. <laughs> the, the newspaper right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's filled with some really good stuff. Right. Okay. So... Now, think about all the fun things that you can do with just the sales ad. So we pretend play like we're going to a store. She has a little cash register and fake money. Sometimes we might even use real money, but, you know, just to make that connection. But we play store. We make lists. We figure out just like the word problem. Mm -hmm. Look at that. We're making connections all over the place. Exactly. Just like the word problem she had for homework last night. We figure out how much money she needs to buy something. And we even have conversations about how she can save money. So it's not really just the the math part of it all. But, you know, we can talk about all kinds of things with those. I really like using unconventional things to read Mm. and play and talk with my kids. It's always fun to use the old classics, too, because I am a children's literature nerd. Yeah. (laughs) And I have a lot of books. And every time I would move classrooms... 
I would have to move them myself because I was very protective over my library. I just love using books or text to connect with the kids and read, play, and talk. Yeah. Like, that is the perfect name for this early childhood initiative. It really is. Those are great ideas. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. Of course. I, I still believe that you're a plant from Dr. Brunland. I'm sure she he's might a, be. He might be, right. But know. that's that's fine. We're perfectly happy with that because you, <laughs> you have done a great job of dovetailing into what Replay Talk is with regard to what you do in, in your work. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Again, it was Gene Pricer, who is the pre-K facilitator for MISD. We are so happy that you were here with us today. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode with our guest, Gene Pricer. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Follow us on all of our social media platforms for ideas on how to read, play, and talk together at home. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Read Play Talk and on Twitter at Read Play Talk TX.